Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Speed Force Media Podcast. My name is Elnor. I'm Derek. And this is the weekly news podcast where we give you our take of the hottest comic book news of the week. We are here every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And today, we're going to be talking to you about the fact that Mark Ruffalo actually has come out in support of James Gunn and the DCU, curiously enough. As well as, Mm. there are some big developments with Daredevil Born Again, including the fact that we may be seeing a fabulous Punisher returning to the stage. All of that, all of that, and more, you'll have to stay to find out. Alrighty, everyone, welcome back to the Speed Force Media Podcast. It's so exciting to have you guys back. How are you doing this week, Derek? Doing good. Been uh, doing a Chucky movie watch this week, so that's always a great time. It's surprisingly, actually a lot better than I remember, and some of the movies I actually saw for the first time, so it's been a good week. All right, so let's get into it without any further ado. David Ayer is our first topic of the day. He is hinting at a possible future for the Ayer cut in the DCU to be a type of Elseworlds story. And from what I understand, this is yet again another thing from Twitter. Twitter just seems to be a goldmine right now for DCU news. And I'm not exactly sure on the specifics of it, but that he was answering a fan that he had talked to James Gunn and had faith in the DCU and that, you know, not to give up hope yet. There might be some hope out there still. And that there were some exciting things to come. Right. And for me, that's exciting because I actually was really hopeful for that movie when I saw the trailers. Because if you didn't know, the trailers look completely different than the movie we got. So, At least the first, maybe even the first two trailers. Right, like the very first trailer, I was like, that looks dope. There's a lot of Joker, there's a lot of Harley. Like, this looks like it's going to be a really gritty, dark, fun time, but still have some lighthearted moments. And so I was really excited about that. And then you get into the movie and it's like, what the fuck with the bubble effects and all of this other yeah, stuff the going on? watercolor effects. Yes, and it's like, this is so clearly a music video that's drawn out for two hours. I don't get it. And yeah, that movie just turned out to be a mess. So I was always hoping that with, especially with the Snyder Cut happening, that, okay, well, maybe this opens the door for more of people's cuts to come out that have been you know, so wrongfully affected by uh, the studios. So for me, I'm just hoping that David Ayer actually gets this because I've always wanted to see all of those scenes of Joker, you know, Jared Leto's Joker. That were cut out? Yeah, I know, like, Jared Leto isn't necessarily everyone's cup of tea, but I do like his Joker, and I thought he did a really good take on it, so I'd still want to see that version of Joker. Yeah, and I'd, I'd really like to see... All of the different scenes, not just Jared Leto's, but of the whole cast. Because, you know, of course David Ayer is going to say his movie was way better than the theatrical cut. But he has been even more vocally against the theatrical film than even Zack Snyder with the theatrical cut of Justice League. I mean, David Ayer has said multiple times that that is not his film. The extended version that they called the director's cut or whatever is not David Ayer's cut. So he's been very consistent in the past and up until this point in saying that he does not give up on the Ayer cut happening. 
the chances for a David Ayer suicide squad could be better than ever, even better than when Walter Hamada was running DC because James Gunn and Peter Safran are dedicating an entire label to films that this would fit under perfectly, like you said. DC Elseworlds, like the Batman, the Batman Part 2, Joker, and the sequel to Joker. So David Ayer's Suicide Squad, especially if James Gunn doesn't currently have a plan for a Suicide Squad theatrical film. I mean, yes, his film was great, but it did not make any money. It came out during a terrible time, and plus it was also streaming on HBO. So it wouldn't surprise me if David Zaslav, who is above James Gunn and Peter Safran, are saying, no, we don't want a Suicide Squad movie right now. So Right, like would... let the Suicide Squad rest. Right. But if David Ayer already has the footage shot kind of like Zack Snyder, and just needs a little bit more CGI put into it or whatever, then yeah, there's a definitely good chance that maybe they would take a look at it. But you also got to be realistic. As much as I loved Zack Snyder's cut, it didn't make them any money. And it did gain subscribers, but they came out and said multiple times it wasn't the amount of subscribers they were looking for. And I don't know if a Suicide Squad movie featuring Jared Leto's Joker would, again, would garner a lot of subscribers for HBO or ticket sales. That's my only big question marks regarding this. You know, would it sell tickets and would it gain subscribers? I myself would definitely buy a ticket or subscribe. But that's because I'm a DC fan and just I would like to see what David Ayer did with that movie because it was it looked like it was going to be a character driven movie, an emotional movie and a dark kind of grittier movie. And that was just not the movie we got. So I would love to see it. I don't know if we'll actually get to see it, but David Ayer himself seems pretty damn optimistic right now. So if you are a David Ayer fan, which I am, I think he's a great director I would love to see it, like I said. So I'm optimistic for the for the future and the potential of seeing it. But I don't know if in the next three years I'd go under 50%. Right. Um, I feel a little bit more optimistic about it just because the fans, like not every fan, and I'm just generalizing here, but a majority or a pretty loud vocal group of fans have been calling for the air cut ever since this all of this stuff went down in 2016. And so I do think that James Gunn and Peter Safran, though they aren't, you know, they aren't being people pleasers. They aren't aren't like, okay, well, here's the air cut, and also here's Henry Cavill, and also here's this. Right, they're they not going to They are gonna re- listening to the fans, and they are answering questions. And I do think that they could see a potential money-making opportunity here. You could do almost like a re-release. Like, they, they did a re-release of Titanic, and that movie's 25 years old. People still went to go see it in theaters. I think with this, if you're like, this is the David Ayer cut, this is the movie you actually paid to see. Like, this is the movie that the trailers told you it was going to be. Then people might actually come out and see it. Especially if James Gunn and Peter Safran themselves were endorsing it. I think they could. I don't know if it would do, like, buco bucks at the box office. But, you know, like, maybe you put it out as, like, an extra movie that year. Just to see if it would bring in a little bit more money. 
if you're just pouring a little bit of money in to finish the CGI and do the finishing touches on it, if it just breaks even, I think it would still be worth it to get this director's vision out there. Absolutely. And for the fans to be able to see it, you know, if the fans were able to see that completed vision and to see what they wanted to see. Because honestly, like you and I like paid to go watch it on a date and you and I are both like, what the hell are we watching? Like, what is this? I mean, I liked the character dynamics and the banter between the characters. And I thought it was a great cast. But yeah, it was a hot mess of a movie that when I first watched it, I was like, yeah, you know, it's good popcorn flick i guess it was entertaining enough but it was not really a good movie at all and with each time you rewatch it it becomes less and less entertaining and more and more just a drag to even get through not only that it's just like you find more and more flaws with oh it. and it, it's a terrible movie don't like, get me wrong it's always yeah. been a terrible movie and i've known that but i was just able to be a little bit more optimistic well, than i am now DC fan. and yeah. you know also another thing with the release of the snyder cut i think that also really enhanced the fan um be- not begging but the fans wanting this cut of this film yeah. and i i can guarantee two things if this film ever gets the light of day number one is that it would be better than that theatrical cut of suicide squad the first suicide squad and number two i think it would make more money than james gunn's the Suicide Squad, just right. just because it came out at a terrible time. But that being said, if they only have to put a little bit of CGI into it, there might be some that's still usable or some that's already been done. We don't really know any of the details as much, at least not as much as we did for Justice League. Right. So we don't really know if it needs another $70 million. Maybe it only needs another $30 million. Maybe it doesn't need anything. Or maybe it does need a lot more than that. But I think chances are that it could actually make three, four hundred million, maybe even five hundred million. You know why? Because the Joker's in it. Regardless who it's played by, the Joker in itself is such an iconic character that you could have literally anybody playing it. And that movie, I, I believe, would make four, maybe even five hundred million at the box office. Not only that, but Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn is so iconic as the character. She's like kind oh, of hell yeah. Like her and Tara Strong, those are your two best, most badass Harley Quinns. And so I think, you know, just having her in that as well sells the movie for you right there. I mean if you really want to break down the cast of that original movie you would get alternate scenes, alternate takes, alternate cuts of not just Jared Leto's Joker, which all of the deleted cuts and scenes from him look awesome to me. But you'd also get different scenes with Margot Robbie, like you said, with Joel Kinnaman as Rick Flagg, with uh, Captain Boomerang, which I thought was great anyways. But still, you get more El Diablo, which I also thought was really good. Uh, Killer Croc. It's fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. So Definitely. getting to see all of these characters again, which we got to see some in James Gunn's, but probably won't get to see the rest ever return. But hey, who knows? What do you guys think? Do you think we'll ever get to see David Ayer's Suicide Squad? And if so, would you want to see it? All right, moving on to our next topic. Mark Ruffalo has come out in support of James Gunn and the DCU. Even going to say to a point that Marvel should be worried. And that 
is something that's huge for me. I'm like, because for like a decade now, if not more than that, it's been the MCU has been dominating and DC has been the butt of the joke. And I think if it either flipped the other way around or the scales were evened out, especially if the scales were evened out, it would make the comic book genre so interesting. And it would be like, you know, instead of the MCU just competing against themselves, now they have this other competitor and it just elevates both sides to do better with their movies. So I really hope that Mark Ruffalo is right on this and that we should all have a lot of faith and that'll be good. Especially with hearing about, like, The Flash, like, their early reviews are good, and we'll later get into the Shazam early reviews. But for now, (laughs) just the Flash ones are really good, so that makes me excited. Yeah, I mean, Mark Ruffalo, we don't really know how long he's going to stay in the MCU, so some people might be reading into this as, hey, uh, you know, I'm kind of leaving Hulk here soon behind me. That's all speculation, of course, but with the introduction of She-Hulk and other Hulk characters, there's some speculating Mark Ruffalo could be leaving the MCU soon. Well, especially with the rumors that Crimson Hesmorth could be out soon, you have a lot of your original alumni from the MCU are out. Like, I'm pretty sure Jeremy Renner is probably out. And then you have um, Scarlett Johansson. She's out. You have um, Robert Downey Jr. He's out. Chris Chris Evans Evans is out. So, I mean, you have a lot of these original characters that are no longer in the MCU. They're kind of ushering in a new generation. Even before Jeremy Renner's terrible accident, I still don't really think, you know, the Hawkeye show really set up his, you know. Departure. Or at least the beginning of his departure. Right. You're absolutely right. I I just wanted to make that clear. Yeah, and honestly, I just, I think with the new era of the MCU, they're kind of at an identity crisis right now, Yeah, I think. And maybe the DCU growing and getting stronger would reinvigorate the spark in the MCU to be like, okay, this is our purpose. This is what we're doing. We're moving forward in this direction. And I'm not sure if that would be the entirely the thing that would inspire it, but maybe it would help them in a way. I think you're not totally wrong. I don't think Kevin Feige would see like a really good DCU movie and then be reactionary upon that. But I do think that Marvel fans or maybe even just the average movie going audience who's maybe grown stale of some of these comic book movies lately. If the DC brand can all of a sudden be revitalized and pumped with, you know, new fresh characters, new fresh audience members with no baggage, no drama, no reshoots, recuts, re-edits, you know, back, backstage drama, studio interference. And if it's all just studio-backed, studio-supported, and made for the audience and the fans, that absolutely would be a win for Marvel. And Kevin Feige said multiple times in the past that... There is truly no Marvel versus DC bullcrap rivalry, at least for him. Now, with Kevin Sujihara, Walter Amata, who knows? Who knows how they really feel? They are, they're not really big comic book fans anyways. At least right, they weren't in yeah. the beginning. So, And with James Gunn, you know he's worked with both. You know he loves both. I'm sure Peter Safran probably loves both. A lot of the actors involved with these movies love both. And Mark Ruffalo could just be kind of hinting at the fact that, hey, 
I don't know my future in the MCU, and it might not be much longer. And I sure as hell would love to come over and play Harvey Dent for you. Oh, or, welcome. Or or who whoever, you know, or maybe Lex Luthor, someone totally out of left field. Right, exactly. But and he's obviously got to be good friends with James Gunn if he's vocally supporting his decisions and his moves. Or maybe he was just a guy who really was not a fan of the previous DC movies, was not a fan of Henry Cavill. And he's like, yeah, out with the old and with the new. And I support it, James. This is us over here saying good work. You know, could be a lot of different angles you could read into it. But I think at the end of the day, this is a friend just kind of supporting another friend while also saying, hey, I'd love to work for you. Right, exactly. I will say, though, um, I don't want him to play uh, like Luther. Um, that is reserved for <laughs> Michael Rosenbaum only. Um, hey, so, James Gunn, if you're listening, Michael Rosenbaum, please. <laughs> 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 yeah, but I do think Mark Ruffalo does have a seat at the DC table. There are plenty of characters that he could be put into. That would be great. I mean, let's just say, like, hear me out here. This is all theorizing. None of this is confirmed. Yeah. So if Jason Momoa goes to Lobo and they move off of Aquaman because oh, of no. the because of all of the drama going on with Aquaman too, what if you move Mark Ruffalo into the Aquaman role? Oh no! And then <laughs> <laughs> Aqua Hole. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Mark Ruffalo is a really good actor, so I think he could maybe pull it off, but I don't know. You maybe have to give him a nerdy-ass character. Maybe like Booster Gold or something oh like that. Oh, my God. You know, like some he could really dive into the comedy with. I don't know. Maybe that'd be a terrible idea. And he is getting a little bit older, so you'd have to make him a little bit older than right, usual. Exactly. Maybe you could be Question. Question would be an interesting one that I still hey, want to see. there you go. I'd love to see Question. They've never done him in very like, live action. Very different character than Booster Gold, but now we're just spitballing and reading way too much into this. But... Oh yeah, but like uh, Mark Ruffalo, please pitch yourself. We want to see it. <laughs> Come to DC, bruh. Yeah, the door is open. But what do you guys think of Mark Ruffalo's comments? Are you supportive of James Gunn and his new regime? Or are you still on the fence? Do you think this is going to be good for the MCU and the DCU? Let us know what you think down in the comments. Alright guys, we're moving on to our next topic. Again, in the world of DC. Shazam! Fury of the Gods! Early reactions are out. And don't worry guys, they're positive. Which is good. That means that's a good thing for the DCU. We want to keep things fresh. We want to keep things new. We want to keep things in a happy forward direction. My biggest fear, honestly, with seeing like some of the trailers, I was like, ooh, this looks really good. And then some of the trailers, I was like, eh, now I'm kind of meh. And then I saw the international trailer. I'm like, oh, that looks really good again. So then I was kind of worried, like, we're going to go into the movie and either get an inconsistent product or one that just doesn't match up with the actual trailer. But what are the reactions saying? Well, I think part of that also I'd like to just add on to could be also to the marketing of this movie, which I myself have pretty much loved every trailer, but I could see why maybe some of the trailers have leaned maybe too much into the comedy for some people. Some some people didn't dig the first Shazam film. It was too lighthearted. It was too family-oriented. Right. I, I, I can understand if you're looking for more of a Punisher movie, but... 
Shazam! Fury of the Gods. Reactions. Here we go. So, and this is just the online social media reactions. They're not, they don't have full reviews out quite yet. Right, they're yet. lifting the social um, media reaction embargo, but not like the review embargo. Do you, by chance, know when the movie review embargo lifts? I have no idea, no. But here we are. Uh, Shazam! Fury of the Gods. A fun-filled adventure that's a solid follow-up to the first film. There's plenty of humor, action, and heart, and it's always a treat to see the family together again. I wish the movie was longer since there are a lot of characters. Uh, Another one says, a fun-filled adventure that's a solid follow-up. Nope, that's the same one. Sorry about that, guys. A super fun and worthy sequel. Not a game-changing comic book movie, but it wins you over with its characters and energy. Has some real surprises and a knowing sensibility that suit it well. Plus, some creative and exciting monster action. Another one is the most fun I've had at the movies. Filled with comedic charm and heart. A lot of people saying heart-filled movie. There's a lot to love about the family. More about the family. Praising Lucy Liu, Helen Mirren, Rachel Zegler are a force to be reckoned with and a joy to watch. So everybody is really praising the film, including and the cast, and, the cast and as well as James Gunn. So hopefully this will continue when the review embargo lifts. Since we can only go off of the social media reactions and we don't have the movie review embargo lifted yet... All we get is just a few sentences, and they can't really go into details. But it sounds like the cast is awesome. Sounds like there's a lot of heart in this movie, which if you didn't dig in the first movie, you might not like it in this one. But since I absolutely loved it, that sounds like it's a solid sequel. Sounds like it's repeating a lot of the same things that I loved about the first movie while taking the action up a notch. It sounds like there's going to be a lot of good monster action which makes me a little you know excited but it's also a comic book movie so i don't necessarily know how to feel about it but it is shazam that being said the budget is bigger the suits are better you're getting the cast all back together and i am super excited for me i'm really excited and especially because um you know the trailers showed really strong villains which you don't always see in comic book movies and these ladies look like they're bringing it. So I'm pretty excited for that. Not only that, I really did like the family aspect of the first Shazam movie, especially because, you know, you have this kid who was a foster kid and didn't really want to be part of a foster family. And then when he found out he was really unwanted by his mom, then they really truly became a family. And that was one of the best things about that movie. Absolutely. So seeing the way the family has progressed and seeing how they've moved forward, I'm excited to see And, you know, to see the consequences of giving all of the siblings powers. Because usually when things happen like that, there's when you give, there's take, right? Right. So we have to see what kind of karmic justice, if you will, is going to come into this. What kind of debt has to be paid. And I'm honestly a little curious, like, with what you said about the monster thing. I'm like, I know there's a dragon, but... Is there anything else? Yeah, exactly. I'm like, how much wackier can you get than a dragon? Like, (laughs) what are we adding in here? (laughs) Probably not, but you never know. 
And I, I mean, I'm always going to say this. Any movie that keeps using Eminem in their trailers and stuff and in their music, can we please just have, like, an Eminem cameo just somewhere? Just, like, yeah, in one of these him, comic like, book movies, please. Just have him, like, maybe he's running a hot dog stand and, like, somebody zooms by and knocks over the hot dog stand. Spaghetti trail. Spaghetti yeah, truck. It, oh, you know what? I totally missed an opportunity there. So you're you're right. Like walking back to the spaghetti truck with his coffee, and then the spaghetti truck gets wiped out before he can say what the, and then it just <laughs> moves away from him. Like I would die. That would be awesome. He's a big comic book fan. He's had music in Venom movies. He's yeah, had exactly. His, I'm like, please. In the Shazam trailers. Like, please, just invite him. Just. Just get Marshall Mathers on the phone. Hey, maybe James Gunn will hear this and he'll, because he listens to the show, obviously. And he is (laughs) going to put it in (laughs) Superman Legacy. Because if you didn't know, Eminem has a song called Superman. And obviously, that is the beginning stepping stones, the Easter eggs of the greater DCU. Can you imagine if they low-key made Eminem kind of like a character in the DCU, but just as himself? Lex Luthor. I oh my god! Going back to Lex oh my Luthor, god. everybody can play Lex Luthor. <laughs> if he shaves his head, if he's bald, he's, he's perfect. He's pretty much already there. He's got a buzz cut. So right, just bleach just it. Then we won't be able to see inch. your hair. <laughs> but I mean, well, for me, with the early reactions, getting away from the goofiness, the early reactions for me, like it does make me feel really positive about the movie because the trailers look like a lot of fun. So if this movie is a lot of fun and just elevates it, then I hope that if this movie does well we get to see more of it that they get at least a trilogy a solid trilogy and you know that's the thing that i i'm glad you brought that up because david f sandberg said it online last week we covered it here on the channel where he was asked by a fan look james we don't have any interest in going to see your movie because we know it's not leading to anything we know superman's not going to show up in the post credit scene and if he does and it is henry cavill it's not going to go anywhere so and we just don't know with all the drama so it's just kind of dampering my excitement and for david f sandberg who you know this film has gotten delayed and then it then it got moved up six months while all the other dceu movies got delayed and then it got pushed back another three months and so the guy is probably extremely frustrated i'm sure the whole cast is just wants the movie to be out already Meanwhile, they're being told by all of their fans that, hey, we're not going to support your movie because we don't think it's going to get a third one. And he says, of course, it's not going to get a third one if no one goes see it. So if there are any Shazam fans out there, I'm not saying everybody needs to go see this movie. You owe it to David F. Sandberg. But if you loved the first one or even if you enjoyed it and liked it and you think that there's hope for a third movie or you think that. Zachary Levi should continue on as Shazam in the DCU despite Henry Cavill not being there, then I would say go and see this movie. If you like the trailers and you got the money in time, then definitely go see it. But And I hope that we will be able to as well, right. hopefully opening night or at least opening weekend. But either right. way, super excited. And I do feel bad for all of these movies that are coming out that are technically like on the borderline of DCU or DCEU after the James Gunn stuff because it's like you're not really saying that they th- these movies don't count but you're also saying these movies don't count right. so people are kind of seeing it as pointless and I feel bad because these filmmakers and everyone that worked on the movie 
have worked so hard on it and put so much effort into it just for it to basically come down to a mulligan. And I'm yeah. like, you can't do that to these guys. If you want any future of any of these fr- franchises like Shazam, The Flash, Blue Beetle, or Aquaman to continue on, there has to be some sort of support. And unfortunately, the only support they want is, is, money. is financial. <laughs> Give us your money. <laughs> yeah, money, exactly. Money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Pretty much. So, I mean... Yeah, I would agree with you. Just if you like Shazam or any of these characters that are moving forward, consider seeing the movie in theaters. Just not only support your local theater, but also support these filmmakers that are really just getting it handed to them because they have no idea what their future is and neither do we. Right, and not only that, but if you're a fan of the DCEU or if you're a fan of the Snyderverse or if you're a fan of some of those movies... Don't you kind of want to see like how it ends? Because right. even I'm on the side of believing that even if Zachary Levi does continue on as Shazam or Jason Momoa as Aquaman, Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, that those films that they were in are not going to, on any sort of major level, tie into what James Gunn has in store for his universe. And I think, like like he said, Shazam and the Fury of the Gods does not impact the future of the DCU for one way or another that that was confirmed. So it, it killed a lot of people's excitement, rightfully so. But don't you at least want to see what David F. Sandberg had to work on? Because if this film came out, you know, before the MCU and was just a standalone trilogy, I'm sure there would be a lot less conversations like this happening. Where, oh, well, is it going to be part of a shared cinematic universe or not? Well, does it matter if it's a good movie? No, it doesn't. And I didn't need a headless Superman cameo at the end of the first Shazam movie for me to already love that movie. It was icing on the top. Icing on the what? Icing on the top of the cake. (laughs) Who cares? (laughs) But another kind of unfortunate thing, like you said, about these movies, Shazam and the Fury of the Gods... Aquaman and Lost Kingdom, The Flash, Blue Beetle, is that they are in that era where they're so far removed from anything Zack Snyder, really, but they're also not really a part of what James Gunn has going forward that we know of, at least, this point. That's because they're Walter Hamada films. They're Walter Hamada-era DCEU films that just got delayed. It was part of his era and their plan originally, the AT&T Warner Brothers plan to kind of reboot the DCEU after Flash. And sounds like James Gunn and Peter Safran are like already planning on rebooting it, just probably a different way. Right. And so it sounds like they're just kind of like, hey, we got a little lucky. Let's roll with it. And unfortunately, Shazam and the Fury of the Gods might suffer the consequences at the box office. But here's hoping that these early reviews are signs to a positive future for this movie. All right, guys, that pushes us into our last two topics, and they're going to be kind of a part one and part two. Part one, that is Daredevil Born Again, all related to Daredevil. Part one is that John Bernthal has been confirmed. He is coming back as the Punisher. And Derek, you are a huge fan of the Netflix Daredevil series, as well as Punisher as a character. I don't know how many seasons you watched of that show, but... 
what are you feeling about this? Because I know that you really had an attachment to not only Charlie Cox, not only Vincent D'Onofrio, but as well to John Bernthal. Yeah, so look, those shows, when they came out, especially when Daredevil came out, it was unlike any comic book show we had seen before. I, I grew up watching Smallville. I was a big fan of the Arrowverse. But when Daredevil came out, it wasn't like, oh my god, this is a million times better. But it showed just a different way you could do comic book television. And I think that whole Defenders saga, not every one of the shows was great. And even some of the shows had great seasons and not so great seasons. Punisher, when he was introduced in season two by John Bernthal, I was like, man, Shane from The Walking Dead, that guy is such a dick. Like, I cannot see (laughs) anybody but Shane. And it took just about, I don't know, a minute or two for me to get over that because John Bernthal is a great actor. Whether it's in Fury, whether it's in The Accountant, whether it's in The Punisher, whether it's in Daredevil. He always delivers, whether it's in The Walking Dead. He always delivers. He always makes me hate him. (laughs) Then you haven't seen him enough as Punisher because (laughs) I will tell you, I was was just like you. I was like, oh, my God, there's no way I could get behind. You know, it's like if you got Ramsey Bolton to come in and play The Flash, (laughs) you know, I would hate The Flash. And I'm, the Flash is my favorite hero, but I would hate the Flash. If you Have brought him play the reverse Flash. <laughs> but if he's a good enough actor, then he can pull it around and make me change my mind very quickly. And he right. did. And John Bernthal is a great actor because I did see like a little bit later in Daredevil when him and Karen started getting closer. Like Season I two. really liked yeah. that sensitive side of him, but he was still kind of a hard ass. Well, there's... But he was really likable. And it really did make you kind of root for the bad boy, you know what I mean? And I really appreciated that quality that John Bernthal was able to bring. And not only that, the dude beat the hell up the entire season. Like, man never had a bandage not on his face (laughs) or some sort of scar or bruise. Like, there was, like, I think probably half the season he had two black eyes. (laughs) Yeah, literally. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Two black eyes. He was in the hospital bed for half the time and then gunning people down the other half. Yeah. That's awesome. The physicality that John Bernthal can bring as well, because he's a tough dude. Uh, is Honestly, just... he kind of struck me as a military guy. Like I right. almost thought like maybe he's been in the military before acting, and I don't know if he has or hasn't. But it kind of struck me that way. Like The way he's able to bring that, like you said, the physicality and that kind of discipline that you'd expect from the military into his roles. Well, he really, really studied military, and I'd he might have been part of the military. I don't remember. But I know for a fact that he holds vets very high in esteem. And he is very respectful to our veterans and is very uh, influential and helps out a lot whenever he can. I mean, being the Punisher, kind of like for Charlie Cox's Daredevil, he got really into all sorts of different organizations or helping the blind. Same thing with John Bernthal as Punisher. He absolutely uh just got absorbed into the role i mean he really for somebody who embodied the role so well um, and has been vocal about wanting to return for years and wanting to return only if he could do it right and do the character justice in the mcu and that it's not disneyfied makes me really happy for him 
and makes me really excited not only for the future of his character but also for the tone of Daredevil Born Again because when you're adding a character like the Punisher it makes me a little less worried about that PG-13 rating which I'm not super concerned about I thought Moon Knight did a decent job of having violence and blood I think the Batman is a prime example of what you can do with PG-13. So they can do a lot with PG-13. And adding the Punisher to Daredevil Born Again definitely makes me more excited. And it absolutely makes me over the moon that it's John fucking Bernthal, baby. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen a ton of it. Of course, I've seen bits and pieces here and there. But... From what I've seen, I really enjoy the character, and I think he adds a lot to Daredevil, and their dynamic together on screen is awesome. So, And like you said, it really does set the tone for what Daredevil Born Again is going to be moving forward, and it really makes you think, like, if they're going to allow Deadpool to be Deadpool, and they're going to allow Punisher to be Punisher, then hopefully they'll allow Daredevil to be Daredevil too. And moving forward, that PG-13 rating, it really isn't going to seem so bad to people because i don't think it needs to be like chucky like some of the chucky movies like people's heads are getting smashed in and stuff i don't think it needs to be that in order to be a decent show i don't think yeah i don't think like even with like falcon and the winter soldier there was a decent amount of there was violence but they also went back and took some of the blood out yeah that that was so that's also controversial but another thing like with the Daredevil Netflix series, the first scene, he's taking people out in the where in a not a warehouse, but in a shipping yard, and it's some like human trafficking guys. I remember that, yeah. And before the opening intro starts, he's just repeatedly punching this guy in the face till the sa- till the sound of spaghetti starts coming out of his face, and then the you know dun 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 starts, and you're like. Holy crap. All right, this guy is like beating these people up to a pulp to the point where they need to be hospitalized for months. Yeah. It's not just knock you out, arrest you. He is he almost enjoys it. Getting a kick out of it. And that yeah. was a little bit of a theme in the first time he met Claire on the rooftop. But with the whole John Bernthal Punisher coming back, you kind of at first get excited that hey, Maybe this is a continuation of all that. Maybe the violence, which was a huge part of that Daredevil world, and even Jessica Jones and all those shows, maybe there's a chance that some of that kind of violence, even if it's not as bloody, will be carried over, especially when bringing back Punisher. And then we hear the reports of our next topic. But Eleanor, did you have any other thoughts on Punisher no, actually, I think we've covered it pretty good. But I think it's our next I'd topic. I'd love to is hear your sad. guys' thoughts. And if you enjoyed the Punisher series, if you enjoyed John Bernthal's take on the Punisher, and what do you think this means for Daredevil Born Again? Do you think it's any sort of sign as to what the tone could overall be like? And another thing, we have heard that. Daredevil Born Again is going to be more standalone format episodes, so kind of one-story episodes, not like three-episode arcs or anything right, like that. Right, it's going to be more like old-school Star Trek, kind of. S- right, S- which Kevin Feige is a huge fan of Star Trek. So is there a chance that with 
John Bernthal's return, is it going to be for only a couple of episodes? One episode? Every episode? How many episodes do you think we're going to see? I'd love to hear it. All right, guys, that brings us into the second half of our Daredevil 2 parter. So, with the good news for John Bernthal, we get some sad news. Unfortunately, very. Deborah Ann Wall and Eldon Henson. If you didn't know who they play, they play Karen and Foggy, respectively. They are not confirmed to be coming back. So, it's it's unknown whether or not they're going to be recast, but it has been confirmed that they are not in the show. As of right now, I still have hope that they could change their mind and bring them back in. But as of right now, Karen and Foggy, at least as we know them from the Daredevil original Netflix series, won't be in. Which makes me really sad because that Foggy is so endearing. And Karen, at first, I was like, I don't know if I like this girl, but she really grew on me. It's because she's just so traumatized and she is so raw and real. I think that at first I was like, God, this girl just seems like a doormat. But then you realize, no, she's just been through a whole hell of a lot and she's really trying to find her way and i think it takes till about like the second season even the third season where she really finds her feet figures out who she is and gets her voice so i really enjoyed her portrayal of karen and i really enjoyed eldon uh eldon henson sorry his i always portrayal. just call him foggy i mean right. he's foggy yeah exactly i love that portrayal of foggy i think it is like so charming and so sweet and like He's the best friend you could have because not only is he going to be 100% supportive of you, but he's going to kick you in the ass when you're doing something wrong and tell you exactly what you're doing wrong. That's the best friend you could have. And so for me, like not having these two characters, but also having John Bernthal back, it makes me wonder who is going to be coming back when we get Kristen Ritter back. Like right. who else is going? are we going to see showing up? And not only that for these old characters that we've seen, but who else for new characters is coming in? Like, are we going to see She-Hulk in this? Who are we going to see popping up, especially if it's, like, one-episode arcs? You could have, like, an episode with She-Hulk, then the next episode has Jessica Jones, and then the next episode has this person, the next episode has this person. So, I have no idea. I mean, I could even kind of maybe see Moon Knight even popping up. Hell yeah. So, I have no idea what they're going for, and that does make me a little bit hesitant, even though the John Bernthal thing did put a lot of worries for me at ease. These two not being cast brings up a whole new crop of new worries. But how are you feeling about it? Yeah, you make a lot of great points. I mean, with the amazing news that John Bernthal is going to continue on as the Punisher, we start getting a little hopeful that, hey, maybe those Netflix series, if you're a fan of those, then you get hopeful that, hey, maybe they are part of the MCU, or maybe we're going to get a little more clarity. I mean, at this point, we got Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin. We got Charlie Cox as Daredevil. We got John Bernthal as the Punisher. Who else are we missing here? I mean, we, I, mean, I, we're I thought missing, there was somebody else. There's been a lot of rumors. We're missing Electra. We're missing Electra, yes. But there's been a lot of rumors about Kristen Ritter possibly returning as Jessica Jones, and she did... Uh, tease Daredevil Born Again recently. I did see that, and it made me so, way too excited. And I like the be... fact that she was dyeing her hair black again, I'm like, ooh, girl, please, And hitting yes. the gym. Yes, so, I'm like, ooh, girl, please. Come on. But it does raise a lot of questions like, okay, so 
I, I do know that there are some fans out there that did not like some of the storylines that they did with Karen or they didn't like Deborah Ann Wall's uh, performance. And, you know, I, I don't necessarily understand that, but it's all subjective. So that's totally OK. That's totally fine. But I myself am very disappointed that we are not going to get those two characters because the the trinity if you will yeah their dynamic was are great. so good i mean it's it was almost like the office you wanted to go drinking with them when they were like let's go to the bar you're like um take me with you <laughs> susie's right yeah yeah i mean and then the very last season the very last shot of the show i believe was them sitting in the bar writing on the napkin uh nelson or what was it? Yeah, Nelson Murdoch and Page. Yeah, and, and you're didn't like, we oh, all kind of want to see where that was going? Yes. And to hear that, you know, we've known for a little while now that Charlie Cox was coming back as Daredevil, obviously, but we were hoping that maybe we'd get to see at least an I a hint of where that story went, if not continue it. But there is still a chance that. This report is just saying, hey, these guys are not in Daredevil Born Again. And right now, it's just an 18-episode story. This is a de- a different Daredevil, like they've said multiple times, that this is kind of a different go at it. So it is more evidence pointing towards a soft reboot. And that this is going to be a variant of Daredevil, a variant of Punisher, very much like the Charles Xavier we got in Multiverse of Madness was not the same Charles we got in Logan or in the original X-Men movies or in Days of Future Past. It was more in line with the X-Men animated Animated series, series, if anything, or maybe even just a comic book variant. And unfortunately, I do think that is going to be where they are going with Charlie Cox, where they're going with John Bernthal, and maybe where they're going with Karen and Foggy. Now, if this series does well, and I think it's going to, there might be a chance it gets a season two. The fact that it's getting 18 episodes and Charlie Cox himself at least says to the public that he doesn't know why. If he's filming now, which he is, he'll soon know, but... Kevin Feige knows why and whether or not it's one long story that consists of 18 episodes and it's a slow burn or if they're just doing individual stories all the way through, then I do think that if this shows a success, there will be a chance we get a season two or see Daredevil in Secret Wars or uh, King Dynasty, which absolutely could lead to Karen and Foggy returning. I mean, maybe they don't show up in Daredevil Born Again, at least the first season. And then we see Daredevil show up in the King Dynasty, and when he goes home, Karen and Foggy are waiting at his door. And wouldn't that be just an amazing return for those characters, and all Daredevil fans across the MCU nation would just rejoice and say, hey, yeah, we didn't get him in the show, but we got him in a freaking movie, and how awesome would that be? But even if they don't recast those characters, at least we can say we got three great seasons of a great show. And now we have another new show that hopefully will be great, played by the same actor, luckily, because that does not happen often. As well as some other new incarnations and some new 
variations of these characters. I'm trying to be as optimistic as I can, but if they do really water it down, if they do just put a bunch of misplaced jokes that don't land, that bring down the tone, yeah, and then also recast my favorite characters in that show, then yeah, it's definitely not going to live up to expectations. And I could see why some people are very upset about this news. But I myself, from Speed Force Media over here, feeling optimistic still. Even though it's very sad, still holding on to the optimism. You know, you were talking about how, you know, it was kind of a soft reboot. And that really made me think of the fact that, you know, if you look at Marvel, I think what they're doing with, you know, bringing Charlie Cox back, they're listening to their fans and they're taking the things that the fans liked that they feel like they can work with and moving forward with it. And I feel like, you know, like, if you're a GC fan who loves Henry Cavill, you're kind of wishing that Henry Cavill could get this Daredevil treatment. So, I mean, I think we should, as MCU fans, too, be grateful for the things that we're getting. Even if we aren't getting Karen and Foggy back, at least we're getting Charlie Cox. Because they could have just said, screw it, and just recast everyone. And that would have been very easy for them to Absolutely. do. Absolutely. And, you know, because we were all so disappointed when, well, not all of us, but allowed allowed voices were very sad when Henry Cavill got recast. And... So I think it's, you know, it's at least we're getting Charlie Cox back. Right. I mean, if we got yellow-suited Daredevil who's kind of making some jokes, which I thought wasn't really totally out of character at all in She-Hulk. I just thought he was placed into a comedic scenario where he was allowed right. to be more comedic. And it was kind of just placed It was just the tone of the show, show was where he was placed, yeah. Right. So it did feel very different, especially seeing him in daylight. But... Some of the stuff I thought with him was funny. And I thought seeing Charlie Cox being able to be funny again, which he was funny before as well at times, was really great to see. But seeing some random no-name actor in that role honestly might have pissed me off, might have made me mad. Right. Seeing like, and I think they know what that. are they doing to Daredevil? I think they know that at the MCU. I think they're very well aware of that, and they know that it's a delicate balance. And so they're trying to keep the balance of keeping the fans happy and being able to move forward with their story and tie up all these loose ends with the MCU, well, Marvel movies that came before the MCU, you know, because there were some that came before. They tied up the loose ends with Toby and with Andrew and tied that in very nicely. Now they're kind of, it seems like they're working on the X-Men and working on the Netflix series going to tie that in and kind of make everything feel like tied up in a neat little bow. And I'm hoping, you know, going back to the DCU, that James Gunn is going to look at that and see, like, okay, we're going to tie this up in a neat little bow somehow, get this all sorted out. So I'm just going to try to keep optimistic for both. Hopefully DCU works out well, and hopefully Daredevil Born Again works out well, even if they recast these two characters. Or like you said, if they brought them back in a movie, that would be epic, because then you could move forward with another season maybe after that movie, and you, it could be even a totally different tone. You could go back to the roots of the original Daredevil show. And I think it would be really interesting. I have no idea what they're going to do, though. We I have no idea what Kevin Feige has planned. I mean, if you had asked anybody seven years ago... Hey, do you think in the MCU we're going to get the same versions that we saw of not only Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man, but Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man, and mention a lot of the story details from The Amazing Spider-Man 2, a movie that was seriously hated, but a show that was seriously loved like Daredevil? 
is not going to be getting the same exact variant of Daredevil. It honestly wouldn't make sense to me at all if they did that way, you know? But, you know, one, one argument is Amazing Spider-Man 2 wasn't bloody, and Daredevil is. So I get that argument. And my argument to that would be one word. Well, I guess two. Mr. Poole. <laughs> <laughs> right. But you also look at Charles Xavier. Like we said, we didn't get the exact same Charles Xavier that we saw before. We've gotten different versions of, uh, I can't remember the other uh, Illuminati member in Multiverse of Madness. He was a villain in Doctor Strange. I'm totally pulling a blank, but he was a variant, essentially. Oh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. I just can't think the of the version name. we got in Doctor Strange. So there's been a little bit of inconsistency on not only variants in the MCU, but which characters we see that are the same ones we've seen before and which ones are new incarnations. Right, because you know in some mean? universes, like, it seems like in almost all universes, all the Doctor Strange are Benedict Cumberbatch. Right, But then you exactly. look at Spider-Man, and Spider-Man is three different, very different people. Right, so there's still a chance we could see those variants in the Defenders saga, potentially. Would they all be played by the same actor? Probably, right? Right, but maybe not. Who knows? I don't know. I mean, it would be a, a, a door that could be opened during the King Dynasty if Daredevil's even a part Especially of it. Especially because they're in the multiverse saga. Right, that, that door is already open. They're probably going to explore every possible avenue they can with multiverse before they close that door. But who knows? Hopefully they don't hit every nail over the head too hard. And I'm right. o- I'm okay with just getting one version of Daredevil. I'm grateful that it's Charlie Cox, and I hope they don't butcher it. And if they do, we'll be here. I'll be the first one to scream and moan and bitch from the rooftops. Believe me, I will be. Oh, yeah. And well, don't worry. I'll get a microphone out before he starts so you guys can hear the I'll rant. get my Daredevil mask out. I'll go out in my Daredevil underwear, megaphone, <laughs> the whole shebang, throw eggs with a blindfold on. I got it all, sister. <laughs> Alrighty, guys. Well, that concludes our episode this week of the Speed Force Media Podcast. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. If you are here on the YouTube channel, the youtube side of things, please make sure you like, comment, and subscribe as it really does help us out. And for all of our audio-only peeps on Spotify, Samsung Podcasts, Amazon Music, or any other podcasting service like that make sure you leave us a five-star review and subscribe for more content as it does help us find more listeners like you and we will see you guys next wednesday with even more fun news content thank you guys so much and remember to iron your capes